Syria Ah fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani. Tis the Christmas season, all three of us back together. We got to start off by welcoming welcoming our good friend Marco, who's back from California and Italy. How are you doing, man? Guys, I really miss the podcast. And uh, just listening to the, the fill-ins, the stand-ins, as Larry David would say, <laughs> uh, really made me jealous. And uh, I feel like today I, I'm, I'm on trial again. So we've had a couple Marco references in there for you. We missed you, buddy. I appreciate that. You're not as good a podcaster as uh, New Fabio, but you're in better shape. So and it's good. As that means you're easier to look at. Well, this weekend uh, I played for Fabio's uh, men's league team, and me and uh, Marcus, the ex Fabio, we went out there, uh, and we were definitely hurting. We went out on Saturday night, and uh, we were probably the slowest people on the field, mm-hmm. despite having both played in college. You've been doing a uh, bit of traveling. You were out in California doing good work, uh, and then uh, went over to Italy, too. Uh, tell us about your travels, yeah, f- Marco. Fill us, fill us in on your comings and goings, Marco. Speaking of comings and goings, I just had to get up to uh, take the basket away from, from the pup over here. Hello, Mia. <laughs> Mia, the podcasting she, she's French bulldog. <laughs> she's uh, Yeah, she's Pepper's stand-in. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, just... It was awesome being in Italy. Uh, obviously, right now, the, the uh, Serie A has just a ton of hype around it. And uh, there's nothing better than going out to grabbing a coffee uh, or an espresso, wherever you're going, and talking to the guy behind the, the bar. Uh, you're in Rome, but there's a good chance that the guy behind the bar is an Inter fan or a Juve fan. And, uh, you know, everyone's got an opinion over there. So, you know, Inter, they just had their... their Win streak snapped, or their their unbeaten streak snapped. Unbeaten streak snapped. That's it's kind of tough to say on a Tuesday <laughs> yeah, night. Warm back up. You got to do your bumblebee, 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 bumblebee. How now, brown cow? And uh, you know, I think I think all the top teams except for Milan are feeling pretty good about their season right now. So there's just a ton of hype in Italy, and uh, you know, especially in Rome. I think people are pretty excited about Di Francesco. We'll talk about that in a little bit. So, so how do you pronounce that that word for a coffee in Italy? Cafe? No, you the the espresso. Espresso. Was it the California kicking in? You had to lose the California accent before you picked up your Italian one. What was that? How do, how do you pronounce the coffee in Italy, Marco? I think it's espresso. Well, there you go at Ad Ambrosca, which I'm probably uh, totally butchering as well. The official pronouncer of Italian in, in the uh, for the podcast is back. So uh, you can ease up on us for our horrible Americanization of Italian words. But however, in my own defense, the reason for my laziness is, one, when I lived in Italy, anybody that didn't speak Italian but knew like a few Italian words and kind of overpronounced them, like, oh, yes, uh, should we probably meet at Termini? Or like, uh, oh, yes, I live in Trastevere. It's like, that's, it was super annoying. And two, eight years in Italy... My name is Tad, and everyone there called me Tedda the entire time I was there. So no, no effort to, to even know my name, so no effort for De Laurentiis. 
So you did hit Chris and I where it hurts with our bad pronunciation, but thanks for listening nonetheless. Yes, we will continue to work on it with our American accents. We are officially Bruti Americani. We, Marco, you weren't the only one traveling, man. I actually went up to New York City, uh, seeing as how we're all Springsteen fans here. Got to see Springsteen on Broadway and got to meet a fellow podcaster in coffee and football. We did a special interview with them. Uh, Sebastian has a great podcast. If you're a Syria fan, he's got um, some really great connections to Syria in his interviews. So I encourage you to check him out again. Check our special interview out again. Um, and we got to grab a coffee, too. So very appropriate for uh, coffee and football and Curve America meeting up we, there. you got to throw the French in there, Chris. you got to say it's very apropos. Apropos, yes. yes. Uh, apropos. Dilly dilly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just a great weekend for you, Chris. I mean... Chris Ross gets to go see the boss. Um, I wish the the theater, theater's name was like Van Noss or something like that. But anyway, <laughs> let's go with that. To, to keep yeah, Van Noss Theater on Broadway, the storied Van Noss Theater. So yeah, super jealous because Springsteen's the man. But man, I just gotta say, mad props on that interview. I mean, after you go see Bruce Springsteen, you get to go have this awesome conversation and put out an episode for a coffee and podcast. Just gotta say, man, Sebastian. Very impressed. You're a very thoughtful, charismatic guy. So um, I, you've made a listener out of this lowly podcaster. Is there anything better than coffee and football? Right? I mean, if that doesn't make you want to listen to a podcast or just live life, what a great name. Really great. How was, the coffee? How was the coffee, though? Uh, the coffee was pretty good. We had a debate about they immediately put it in paper cups, which Americans, we got to lose that. They had like the, the regular cups right next to it. We were ready to sit. And if you have the choice, how are you not going to go with like a porcelain cup, right? So we, we made the switch. Guys, but... b- booze and sex is better. And I can <laughs> say that because I'm married and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, the, the Lord looks favorably upon it. It was, a gr- it was a great time in New York. Love the coffee. Uh, really, really great to meet Sebastian. With that in mind, guys... Christmas is the next thing coming up on the calendar. I have to ask you guys, what are you hoping is underneath the tree? I'm wondering if there's any Syria gifts you're hoping for. Simple. Rome over Juventus. <laughs> yeah. That's all I want. Yeah, Christmas comes early December 20, 23rd for well, us. Yeah, well, I guess like I, should, I shouldn't set my ambitions so low. Uh, a Roma Scudetto would be, would be great. <laughs> and I'll even do the, the uh, I'm going to throw a little Latin in here quid pro quo, as DeRossi did, and say, I'll trade Juventus winning the Champions League for Roma winning the Scudetto this year. The Scudetto. Very nice. Very nice. Marco? I'm, I'm going to have to agree with Tad on this one. I mean, there's really nothing else I could want. I have your guys' friendship. I have this wonderful Core of America podcast. I got a decent job. Great girl. Cheers Please. to that. Buon Natale. Can, I just, this is, why can't Roma... Just go to Juventus <laughs> right now and just wax them. Right. Christmas comes early for One the podcast. Time. Yeah, that would be a nice little gift for us. Actually, I'd like to throw an addendum to mine as well. I would love for Rob Lowe to come in here and give us $5,000 each for doing uh, for doing Curve America, a la Wayne's World. So, schwing. Yep. Yeah, we would uh, love to have a sponsor under the Christmas tree, too. But, I, but I'm an artist, and I'm not concerned with money. <laughs> also, Christmas already came early when Andrea Bocelli did that song with uh, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> the song's name is Perfect, and uh, it was perfect. What was, what's the name? It's, the song is literally called it's Perfect. Called perfect. <laughs> and he did a duet with uh, Beyonce, Ed Sheeran, Ed Sheeran, and then 
He did it with Andrea Bocelli. Is it a cover of the like the 2004 Simple Plan smash hit? Sorry, I can't be perfect. What was that, Andrea Bocelli? Must be. Better, uh, better great to see that. Andrea Bocelli hitting the pop charts again. That's great. Uh, definitely. Marco just showed me that on YouTube before we started here. So check that out for all you Ed Sheeran fans out there and Andrea, <laughs> Andrea Bocelli fans. Chris, what are you looking for for Christmas? Do you want another gold Jesus chain to wear on the outside of your uh, wife beater? <laughs> no, I only need one of those for my life. But uh, I'll be honest, man. When we were packing for Roma Wedding Derby last year, the amount of Roma stuff that I just had kind of sprawled out on the bed kind of was a little disgusting. That I did, you know, hope Santa brings me some uh, some uh, Roma stuff this year, but it's getting a little obscene how much stuff I have. So uh, I may need to cut back on the on the Roma gear well, in the future. I, for your last two birthdays, I've gotten you Roma stuff. So yeah. thanks for throwing that back in my face, man. Yeah, it's just uh, the the amount of jerseys for the past ten years. It's it's getting to be a lot. All that three quarter zip you picked up in Rome. I'll I'll take that one if you're looking enough. Uh, uh, that was a good one. Yep. So we're looking forward to Christmas. Last podcast before the Christmas break. Let's jump into it, guys. Week 17, starting off with the rundown. Oh, we got a Christmas theme here with Interbells brings no season greetings to the league leaders as Inter get their first loss at the hands of a hot Udinese. Did you see they put out that smash hit in Italy, Interbells? <laughs> yeah, I did. Another thing to check out on just, YouTube. Just making a run at Papu Gomez, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Napoli kick it old school, October 2017 style, and hang three on Torino. Juventus put their superstar Dybala on the pine and whoop up on Team Meat Sauce. Sorry, Marco. <laughs> Roma punished any home fans who left the game early. And guys, Christmas is unfortunately canceled in Milan. More on that later. The glass slipper is getting chipped in Sampdoria by the Serie A baseball hats, while OTFR cry foul in a barn burner against Atalanta. And finally, Spal take their turn, riding the witch's broom, and jump out of the danger zone for the first time this season. Guys, we want to remind everybody, we've got social media out there. Curve America is on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, ASRoma360, CurveAmerica.com. Tad, what should they do once they find us? Oh, oh, actually, I'm adding another Christmas present that I want. I'm greedy. I celebrate my birthday for a, for a full week, and I'm asking for three presents this year. I'd like everybody out there, really, it's super helpful for, for us. If, you, if you're on iTunes, please subscribe, rate, and comment. Any platform you go on, if there's a comment or a subscribe or a rate, please do. It's how we get found. It's how Rob Lowe is going to come to us with $5,000 and pay us for doing Wayne's World. Surely he's listening. Surely he's a podcast. Hey, he's a Springsteen fan. Yeah, so maybe there's a start. Maybe there's a start. You guys hear that? That's the shameless beer plug of the week and beer all over my laptop. (laughs) This week we have the DC Brow, keeping it DC, uh, the Brow Pills, just because I needed to take a week off of uh, hoppiness. And we also ran out of Grey Lady, which is the one I tweeted out for us on the Cisco Brewers Nantucket Nectar or whatever this is called. Uh, the Grey Lady. I'm, I'm enjoying this one. So thank you, Marco, for bringing this. IPA. Also, no, this is a Belgian wet, man. Belgian wet. Wit. 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 Mm-hmm. Belgian you know wet. The, you know the thing that you don't have any of? Yeah. Zing. All right. <laughs> so thank you for that. Uh, Marco, thanks for getting the beer this week. It we was... got one little thing here. The oh. Bachi Perugia. These are, or Bacho, the, the 
the uh, chocolates that are yeah, the little kisses. That's right for the uh, Christmas time. You so. can find the Bacho candies at bomb.com because that's what they are. Yeah. Thank you, Marco. Keeping a very bon Natale for us. Thank you very much, buddy. Real quick before we go- move on, guys. See, Sam Straya had another article in uh, Chiesa di Toti and made us Chiesa di Toti famous for a little bit. Yeah. We talked f- about Roma Club DC, which was great. Talked about two other great Roma clubs on the East Coast of the United States, Roma Club Philly, Roma Club New York, who we're all, you know, very familiar with and have a lot of respect for and had a great time spending time with, uh, especially up in Boston, but uh, in a couple other events we've had around. Um, but yeah, I, I said, hey, Sam, man, you're on the podcast, put the podcast out there. We're podcast, you know, we're Casey Tutti famous. And he says, nope, not until the face, the faceless and nameless trolls come out to get you. So <laughs> I'm hitting and refresh every, yeah. on the minute, every minute to see if, See if we get roasted. Yeah, we've had Sam on the podcast. We're very grateful for the uh, uh, shout out there in his article. Thank you very much, Sam. Let's get into it, guys. Off we go into the top five of Syria. Up first is Napoli and Torino. This one finished 3-1 in Napoli's favor. The punk rock Harry Potter. Hamsik ties a man who was just punk rock. Maradona on the all-time Napoli goal-scoring list. Tad, go ahead. Love that, man. Let me, let me finish my bacha real quick. Ah, wonderful. Thank you, Marco. Ah, you know what? I did write this, and uh, Maradona is punk rock, but I think he might be a little disco, too, if you know what I mean. Yeah? Yeah. Mm. Guys, three big takeaways for this game. First one has got to be post-apocalyptic Harry Potter, Hamsick ties Maradona for the record of goals uh, scored for Napoli. So a team with such a great history, a great meme out there, Sistine Chapel, where the hand of God, Maradona, is reaching down, passing the gift of, of, of Napoli's goal-scoring throne to, uh, uh, to Hamsik. Pretty good that Mario Cardi doesn't play for, uh, for uh, Napoli. Otherwise, I guess that'd be pretty awkward considering those guys probably wouldn't be found in the same room with each other anymore. And I just got to say, after you look at that, uh, that meme, maybe two of the weirdest-looking guys I've ever seen in my entire life. Definitely. Tied at the top of Napoli's all-time scoring goals. Definitely one of the most Italian things ever, bringing in the Sistine Chapel. I get it with Maradona, the hand of God, putting him as God in the Sistine Chapel, but um, we're bringing in Renaissance art here for yeah, soccer. Yeah, I, I wonder how they how they got that that on the Internet, because there's no photo yeah, in that's the Sistine right. Chapel. That's right. So. When, uh, when I was in Naples this last summer... I went to uh, the the bar that has his shrine, Maradona, that is. But the problem is I don't think they can put Hamsik's shrine out in the streets because it scare the hell out of little kids, you know? <laughs> so I think Hamsik has just been amazing for Serie A in general because he's had chances to move on. And uh, for Napoli specifically, he's had chances to move on to bigger teams within Serie A. So it just goes to show that he's grown, uh, you know, he has a love for the city and he's done big things for the club, obviously being the captain, he's a Slovakian, you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing to see that he's stuck around for as long as he has and I hope we see him there for a couple more years. I also love him uh, cast in The Walking Dead as part of Negan's Inner Circle, so... Uh... <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I guess uh, loyal. I haven't seen a lot of negative stuff for him because this is kind of a rarity, right? He's not been scoring a lot, uh, so this goal really does uh, help out the the uh, campaign for them. But uh, I guess the Napoli faithful, all that talk during the summer and stuff of him just loving Naples and not wanting to leave, I guess that buys him a, a little bit of uh, a breathing room because they're not calling for his uh, for his neck here. He must uh, he he must be on that Napoli tip the same way that Sebastian is from Coffee and Football. Just loves the the heated up glasses and it's going to keep him there. But guys, with this Hamsik goal and this three one victory, Napoli hang three goals for the first time in a long time. Napoli goes back. To the top, and we joked about the rundown, kicking it old school, October 2017 style. Three goals, and that's the same amount as they've scored in their last five games combined, guys. So are, are they rested? Are they feeling it? What's up with this? I think it's crazy when you look and you think of what kind of a team Napoli is and how they play and dominate teams, at least they have in the beginning of the season. You see that you look at the goal scoring charts, and actually I think they've scored the third most goals after Juventus and OTFR. Uh, but their defense has just been solid too. So it's the makings of a team that is trying to win the Scudetto. Even when they go dry for a couple games, their defense kind of holding them up. Right now, second best defense in the league uh, to Roma. So uh, again, I think it shows that they've been able to maintain their spot and not have too many goals. Uh, but it's just a matter of time till they start flowing in. We'll see. Uh, today, the time of recording, they had the Copa Italia game today. They only got one in in the 71st minute with Insigne. So. Yeah, but Insigne being back is a huge boon for them. Hamsik rolling, Insigne back. Three Smertens, who, of course, will probably go on a terror sometime soon. But I agree with Marco. It's a team that's built from the backup um, that's been keeping a minute. Um, didn't have them, have them flounder. So they're a complete team, even if uh, uh, they haven't been playing a whole lot of people. I saw Sari said today that it's his fault that um, Giaccarini and some other player who I don't know because they're on the bench for Napoli and you never see him. It's, it's his fault. Oh, uh, Adam Oanis. Uh, Oanis. Oh, I'm going to get killed for that one. Uh, that they've been rusty. So, I mean, yeah, Napoli, Napoli straight dope. They can, they, they, they can skid a few. Yeah, enjoying the top of the table. How about the other side of the ball? 10th place Torino, guys. Anything from them? Well, the only thing they can take away from this one, guys, is... <laughs> the Belotti, the rooster, a gallo, gets a goal for the first time, I don't know, since like 2014 in this one. Seems like we haven't called... I know he's been hurt, haven't called his name out um, since the beginning of the season, so they desperately need... Belotti to get back into form, even if he, uh, even if he's just kind of knocking in one here that that didn't really have much impact on the game. Yeah, agreed. And uh, that's sometimes that's what it takes. It takes for a a striker to unlock well, the, he, uh, the treasure chest. He said he's found his fitness, which is exactly what I would say. Oh, I wasn't, baby, I wasn't fit before. You know, I've been doing my crunches. I've been I've been doing those those side bends and sit ups, and uh, now I'm fit and get get ready for three thousand goals. Next week. Yeah, we will see if uh, that sticks, just like our fitness plan here for, uh, for ourselves here. Rolling on, guys. We've got Juventus and Bologna. Second place, Juventus. Take it. 3 nothing. Juventus' B team. Take it to Marco's meat sauce-loving Bologna. Putting Juventus just one point away from the table's top spot. There's a lot of stories, guys, and all the, the media covering Syria on depth being an issue. Napoli, uh, Inter... Juventus does not have that problem. They have depth, and it is a crucial asset. 
They made quick work of this one, just two goals in the first 36 minutes with a cherry on top in the second half. But they were missing injured Gigi Buffon, Giorgio Chiellini, Stefan Licksteiner, Benedict Havedes. Going to get killed for that one, too. And Juan Cuadrado. You should more get killed that Steven Licksteiner and Benedict Havedes were out injured. Havedes. Yeah. <laughs> Havedes. Thank you, chief pronunciator. Hove. Also, we've got Dybala benched until the 76th minute, but no matter. We've got some other heroes that you might have forgotten about. Pjanic gets a free kick goal. Mandzukic, go ahead. Uh, his 14th uh, free kick goal in the Serie A. I mean, that's just incredible. Uh, you know, mad props to this guy for just, I mean, you know, his career, by when it's all said and done, is it, it could be Pirlo-esque if he stays, stays on this trajectory. Yeah, uh, definitely a great goal for that free kick. We also got goals for Mandzukic and Matuidi. Just some of the guys you might forget about week in and week out because we're usually talking about Iguain, Cuadrado, and often Dybala, but recently we see Dybala not making it into the lineup. Let's turn to Marco's favorite part of my game coverage in the, co- the coach comments. Allegri saying in this one, football is a team sport, and as if no one notices when a player doesn't get benched, this shouldn't be a big deal. All right, Allegri. He keeps on to say, uh, Dybala came on today and did well, but there are moments when a player just isn't at his best and luck isn't on his side. Finally, the kicker for me is Dybala is not a player who will score 30 goals per season. He'll always score around 15 each season. Some comparisons in the media were not okay. So basically, Allegri, not a big fan of Dybala and doesn't think that he's got what it takes to be a 30-goal scorer per season. Guys, what do you think? Is this a motivational tactic? Is this foreshadowing that he's going to be sold in the transfer window? Or simply other players and tr- are training better right now? And he's right. This is a team game, and Dybala's not cutting it. What do you think? It seems like uh, he is definitely playing some mind games here. I think he knows that Dybala right now is is the jewel that he has in his back pocket. And even if he was trying to get rid of him, it would do him no good to try to bring him down. So obviously in his mind, this is going to be a motivator for Dybala, who we all know has the talent. And uh, before the season started, we all hailed him to be the next Messi or whatever. So... Uh, just just wait. Give him a couple day. Give him a couple games. Dybala's gonna be back. Remember, he he benched Iguain for a little bit, and then what happened? Yeah, he said in this one, you know, I've benched Pirlo, I've benched Iguain, I've benched Paul Pogba. You know, I'm gonna bench Dybala. Dude, this is just a little bit of uh, the the storyline's been expanded, and Commissioner Gordon has uh, some powers in this comic story. He, uh, he he apparently has the power to change Nightwing into Benchwing, and I just think <laughs> it's a little bit of like. Hey man, this nineteen-year-old kid—he doesn't know everything, and apparently he's you know spent a lot of time partying outside of uh, outside of the game. He's been a little bit underperforming. You know, I'm, I'm Max Allegri. I've won you know the last what four Scudetti in a row, um, or you know three Scudetti in a row. I'm I'm, I'm not a, I'm not about to have anybody be above the team, and that's just the whole Juventus mentality. No one person is above the team. So I'm gonna sit this fool down. I'm gonna have him clear his head. Um, and then, you know, come back and uh, let, let the Grayson boy see what he can do. We will see what the reaction is from our Capes Crusader, Nightwing. There's definitely the Barca rumors and Dybala. Hey, look, he's a footballer and he scores goals. Maybe he's got an ego. I'm drawn to uh, an article I read about him in uh, Vanity Fair Italia saying that he believes in having the right mentality is key for any soccer player. It's what put him above more talented Argentinians as he rose through the ranks. So... 
Look, if this is mental games for Allegri, I don't know if that's going to work on Dybala. He seems to understand that you got to have the right mentality here. I, I, don't, I don't know. It's a tough situation right before the transfer market. I don't know what's... I truly don't know what's going on. I can't read the well, tea leaves here. Well, 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 well. I mean, the January transfer window, that's just to sell papers. Dybala's not going anywhere. And with Dybala... You know, being one of the the you know the the hottest prospects in the world that's not on Barcelona or Real Madrid right now, and him being Argentinian, he's going to be linked to those teams. But right now, all this transfer talk is outrageous. I actually read on uh, Calcio Mercato today that they're oh no sorry no Corriero della Sport that they uh, there there's rumors that uh, DiBala is going to go to PSG because Neymar is going to go to Real Madrid. And that's just right there is straight trash. That's like that's the kind of stuff that Chris loves. Yeah. My favorite time of year is quickly coming upon us, guys. We'll see how the Dybala stuff unfolds. The other big Juve story we've got to mention, the Agnelli ban. Revoked. Juventus won the appeal in the judicial process. And the alternative that was given is just, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't feel like this is a biased opinion. This is ridiculous. The one-year ban for Agnelli for selling to, tickets to some shady alleged mafia slash ultras, that got thrown out. And instead, Curva Sud, so all the Juventini, must be empty for one game. A 300,000 300, euro fine is raised to 600,000 euro. And Agnelli, I'm wondering if this is a misquote, but he will be required to pay either a hundred euro or a hundred thousand dollar euro. It's a hundred thousand. I yeah. really hope it is, because yeah. uh, that that would be a ridiculous misprint. Um, there is a final judicial process that's still remaining, so some of this stuff might go back and forth. But to go from what it was to what it is now, I would say that's a mistrial of justice. But that's just my objective opinion. Well, I mean, it's 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 an Agnelli. In Turin, man. I mean, this guy's probably the most powerful guy in the entire Serie A league. And so if he does I mean, was he even banned in the first place? Like, he was still kicking it, kicking it around there. So, you know, hey, man, how about I just throw you a couple extra dough? I'll tip you like a valet. I'm going to come back. I'm going to watch these games. And you know what? I, I, I promise I won't sell any more tickets to the Mafia. It's like, yeah, you guys are going to ban me? I'm just going to watch the game up here from the, the helicopter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just Built uh, by fiat, yeah. I, I really, we're we're trying to be objective, but but just the the swinging uh, uh, decisions there is crazy. I'm gonna watch this from the tiny helicopter, fiat helicopter that I'm in, the gyrocopter. <laughs> we want to give a, a quick shout out to the Sempre Bologna blog. Marco has yet to appear on that blog. However, we will tell everyone while we're recording, he does have a pretty sweet Bologna uh, jersey here with the hundred year patch. Marco, very sharp looking on that. That thing looks like it was made in a sweatshop. That that that's not legit. Well, that was pretty disrespectful. I'm impressed. It looks I'm like impressed. you bought that at a stand that was selling a bunch of shirts and hats. To say no. Are you saying that because the back says "Team Meat Sauce"? <laughs> yeah, Team Meat Sauce. That maybe take away from it. I don't know if I'd have put that on the back of my jersey, but I did put Pythagoras on one of mine. So, <laughs> don't take my word for it. All right, guys, we'll keep rolling. Up next, we've got Inter and Udinese. This finished one to three. In Udinese's favor, Udinese break Inter's unbeaten streak in a four-goal thriller. Marco, you got this one. Go ahead. It's crazy. Packed San Siro or Giuseppe Miazza, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and the Inter fan from boyhood, Kevin Lasagna, best name in the Serie A, hands down. Well, he's, that's, that's the best name ever. It sounds like 
It sounds like a made-up Italian soccer player when you're trying to make fun of the Serie A. Yeah. Like, oh, who's the best player in Serie A? Kevin Lasagna. <laughs> right. And in fact, we were even talking at the Roma Club. We were saying, man, you know, I'll do anything just to have Lasagna on my team just so I can put his name on the back of a Roma jersey. <laughs> exactly. Oh, he comes in, scores, uh, gets the scoring kicked off for, for Udinese, who is really just having a, a completely mediocre season. I mean, looking at where they're at, 11th place makes a lot of sense, but this one is huge because they finally break Inter's unbeaten streak. And I, I have to say, the, the couple baristas that I was talking to in Rome were pretty, pretty confident about Inter this season. Not so much when they were going to play in Juventus. They, they really were happy about that tie. Uh, but just feeling that since they're not playing in any other competition, that they're gonna they're gonna take care of this thing. All right. So here comes Udinese again, up and down season, and so it sounds takes you are care of them. You are not on the Massimo Odo hype train. Yeah, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna go have to chicory check you because obviously I've been following since you're in Italy. But Udinese throughout all competitions right now have won seven out of their last ten, um, and uh, uh, bef- and now have won three in a row in the Serie A, knocking off Inter in this one after just roundly defeating Serie A giants Benevento and Crotone, <laughs> and they picked up that crucial victory in the Coppa Italia 8-3 over Perugia, um, probably because somebody's roommate got killed before the game. Granted, they have a three-win streak, but overall, I'd say didn't they get waxed by uh, Napoli? So, anyways, no Massimo no. Odo for that one, though, man. I, when I, I see Massimo, lost, when I see that was, that was Massimo Odo, they lost one nothing. When I see Massimo Odo, it looks like this guy came in on a uh, on a Fiat 500 with the with the sunroof up or with the sunroof down and his head sticking out of it, just wind blasting his eyes. His eyes are red and watery before the game. Maybe it looks like he was trying to cry a little bit. I don't know what he's oh, doing. The, the guy definitely looks like he trains for coaching by ripping telephone books in half. <laughs> I mean, he's intense, but I guess his intense uh, mentality is really translated to the team, at least in this one. He got these still on the scoreboard and uh, still... His goal scoring record this season, massively impressive. He's up to 17 goals, guys. Before Christmas. Unbelievable. Ridiculous. Unbelievable really numbers. Ridiculous. Unbelievable. Uh, and just an intense overall week for, for Inter. Uh, I don't know. It, it gets me thinking, are, are we going to see some January transfer moves? Uh, this game, Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen, Doppelganger, Santon was really a mess in the back. And D'Ambrosio, he's been decent this season, but... Really not not my favorite type of, of right back for a team at the stature of of Inter. I, I I do think that they can fortify their 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 side backs a little bit. But also, what happens if Icardi gets injured? I mean, this is a big question. I think that that the Inter management needs to be thinking about. Well, I don't think it's any secret that Inter is going to try and go after a defender in the January transfer window. Uh, you know that that everybody and their dog um, in Italian. That's not chewing on a basket right now in the house. Uh, hi, Mia. Um, you know, it, it is, is linking them to a defender. But also, I mean, just any striker that's kind of out there, uh, a wayward striker that's kind of out there, you know, Inter's been linked to. So you can tell Inter's good because they're, they're linked to about every talented person 
um, you know, in the world right now. I think they're uh, ahead of Juventus on getting derived from OTFR, but that I think would be at the end of the season. Anyways. Yeah, they sit at the end of the season. And derived, there's one thing we know about him. He's serious about success. <laughs> that joke will continue for eternity. I like that one. How about on the other side, guys? I, unlike Marco, and on the Massimo Odo hype train, and I'm enjoying every minute of this with uh, the fact that they're just playing with grit and tenacity. I love that from a northern Italian city. That's great. But credit to Udinese and their social media. After this game, writing both in Italian and English, guys, at Pordenone, mission accomplished. Just throwing <laughs> shade at Inter, which uh, you got to respect uh, for, for lowly Udinese taking on first place Inter. Well done to their social media team. Before we move on, guys, I'd like to add another thing to my Christmas wish list, if I could, real quick. I would like uh, Kevin Lasagna to be transferred to Roma in the January transfer window, and then Barilla comes back as our sponsor. I want a Barilla Lasagna jersey. How would you like some French bulldog mittens? Because I'm going to skin this dog if she keeps eating stuff around the house. All right, guys. On to the next one. So, Inter, I have lost first place this week. Maybe they get it back in week 18. But now we go to our favorite game of the week with Roma and Cagliari. This one finished 1-0. The gentle giant of Roma saves us in the 96th minute. Oh, oh, grazie, grazie. Fazio scored goal. Yes, yes. Comandante. Love that nickname. Yeah, just, uh, man, we tweeted out, this is the the heart attack that is Roma. They do it to us again, but we get the W. Roma, acknowledging that, apparently retweeted us because uh, this one, we, I think we were all furious with Roma until we won, right? And the, to, this, to me, is why I love soccer. This this just the passion that we were all jumping up all crazy at the, the game uh, at Roma Club DC. It was awesome. That's why you love soccer, man. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it was a type of, of goal celebration that puts us on the Chiesa di Totti map. Um, <laughs> the, you know, the game, going into this one, man, I was, I was really down in the dumps. You know, lost a little money. Big Lebowski quote. Anyways, careful, there's a beverage here. Um, forget about it. But, yeah, I was uh, just kind of down. I was like, Calgary is just totally the type of team that uh, that's – that's going to play us to a draw, and we're going to end in the dark days. We're going to send us in the dark days of, of Rudy Garcia, and uh, this is when our season falls apart. And I was you know, just really thinking to myself, you know, if, if, if we don't get three points against Calgary, like, I just might quit the season. I just I can't take it anymore. Like, we would, like we would come to the, the podcast. I would be extra prepared for all the other games at Roma. I wouldn't know anything except for the exact measurement of DeRossi's beard. Yeah, well, it was one of those games that, in retrospect, I think when you look at it at the end of the season, it will be a crucial moment of the season. Because we keep saying it. It's not about the head-to-head necessarily against Juve, Inter, Napoli. Yeah, you got to win a couple of those. It's about all the other games. And we had a four-game span between Genoa, which was a tie, Spal, a win, Chievo a tie, and now against Cagliari, which we were able to squeeze out a win. That I mean, it could have looked very bleak getting a point there. Um, Napoli, Inter, OTFR, and Juve recently dropping points. Juve at Sampdoria. The question here for Roma was, can we beat a team? Can we kind of change the way we play a little bit when you have a team that's putting 10 behind the ball? I'm just glad that they that Fazio was able to to get that goal because I think we were all 
feeling pretty pessimistic well, by the 75th minute. Well, I think Fazio, the gentle giant that he is, kindly asked Maradona to get off the scene of the Sistine Chapel because he kind of had, had a hand to God in this one as well. Yeah, we needed after the Perotti missed PK, that slow walk up. I think everyone, uh, particularly in social media, agreed. Just you know, it, It's great when it goes in, but I, I'm kind of with what I saw that... Uh, we were due for a miss there with the every single time he walks up slow. It's just people can read what's coming. So well, he's been he's been ripping them in a row, and you know se- several made PKs in a row. So I, I can't I can't hate on him too much, other than his bizarre JPEG neck tattoo. Um, maybe he just felt self conscious about it, and everyone's staring at it. So he he put absolutely nothing on the ball. So he misses one. Maybe he'll change his tactics because you know the the goalkeeper in this one. Um, said that you know he studied him and knew that was going to be his move. Uh, so it seems like he's being a little bit predictable. But the one interesting thing about this game, guys, I just want to get your, your opinion on it really quick. First time, Jekko and Schick, side by side. What would you think? I was hoping for more crosses when uh, we basically got two seven-footers up at the front of, uh, of our forwards there. Uh, it didn't seem to be working, but I, I guess everyone know in the building knows that's the game plan, right? So... Uh, uh, they packed it in and, and didn't let many crosses happen. But uh, I don't know, man. Neither of them scored. So what does that say about it? I don't know. I know. I thought that it's some pretty good movement. Um, I just think that you know this team is going to need, or these two guys are going to need a, a little bit of time to gel. Maybe you'd like to see Schick come back behind the ball a little bit on that right wing and play behind Jekko a little bit more instead of uh, you know kind of beside him or, or out on the wing. I think we might have. And I agree. You know, you know, Florenzi coming up from pushing up from the right crossing it in the box and having those two guys standing behind each other or passing it into Schick behind Jekko and seeing where that leads them. Um, but you, know, you, you just got to be excited that you have a fit Schick, you know, Schick's out, Dick's out. Schick's out for Harambe. Yeah, Schick's out for Harambe, and, uh, uh, and you know, they, they didn't screw it up. Yeah, and I think it's his credit to Di Francesco and... Just touching upon the experience in Rome again, lots of fondness for the guy. Obviously, he played alongside Totti back in back when they uh, were when they won the Scudetto, and you know he did some big things at Sassuolo. But there was a little bit of time there where I think people started asking questions: Is is this guy ready for this for this job? And uh, now he's trying new things, you know, getting results. Uh, and hopefully this this Schick Jekko experiment works out because you got two two players that really have a ton of talent and Schick was a ton of money so it, he needs yeah. to work out. Yep. Credit to Cagliari, they continue to give uh, the good teams good fits. So uh, Il Mister Lopez still doing good things down there. For Roma, at time of recording, we've got Torino tomorrow in the Coppa Italia, and guys. A great game for Saturday. Roma-Juventus. I will be up in New York, hopefully watching with Roma Club New York. Maybe Sam, too, since uh, <laughs> that's uh, what he was saying in apparently, the article. Apparently the best experience in the world outside of going to study. <laughs> yeah. And D.C. down here, guys, for Roma Club D.C. Hoping for a big turnout. It's going to be great, guys. Really looking forward to this great Christmas weekend. Real quick, Fazio, the gentle giant. I in Boston, looked at him when we were by ourselves, and I go, Fazio Troppo Forte. And he thought that was about the funniest thing he'd ever saw. He laughed like a little girl. (laughs) Your Italian is impeccable, Marco. I'm sure you agree. (laughs) Perfect. Up next, we've got OTFR playing Atalanta. 
It finishes in a 3-3 draw. Ladea, the goddess, get out to a quick lead in this one, squander it, and then a back-and-forth game ensues, ending in a draw. It's a really great game, guys. Uh, probably game of the week from what I covered. The transfer market is almost upon us, and the scouts are out in Bergamo for this one. Apparently, Manu was there, Chelsea, Barca, Monaco, all checking out the talent. For OTFR, one guy gaining lots of attention is DeVry, Ted. He's serious about success. There you go. Still love it. Apparently promising to go to Inter this summer. That's what we read. But it is the transfer market. Who the hell knows? The other one for OTFR is got to be Malinkovic Savic. He gets a brace in this one and remains on fire for the season. He's another $100 million man. That's Pogba and Belotti money. Guys, what do you think? Is he worth $100 million or is this just inflation? Just inflation. Uh, he hasn't shown. It's not like he's scoring 10 goals a season here, but he is one of the most exciting prospects in Serie A right now. And the way the market is is going, you never know. You know, especially this next market. What are the numbers going to be for the next market? Really, you know, hats off to him. I think he's 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 earned this at least discussion. But let's not. Let's not get too excited. I was saying the same thing about Bellotti. Like, let's not just let's see how he goes. You got to be proven, you know, over time. Yeah, I mean, and I also I read in my seventh grade text, textbook that like we're about to run out of oil someday, and the World Bank announced today that they're no longer investing in oil. So PSG, I mean, they can't have all the money in the world for forever. I guess. Uh, I mean, I guess you know, uh, I guess uh, I guess some Eastern European owner is going to have to. Putin's going to have to you know, buy a team and invest that Bitcoin money, you know, into a hundred million dollar Milinkovic Savage. Um, you know, it's crazy thing is Milinkovic Savage, he was a huge prospect coming into the season and he re-signed with OTFR. So it's nice that the that the Serie A is able to retain some of these players, at least until their you know their money goes up and they're investing, you know, OTFR investing in the squad and believing in it. And I think that right now, you know, his number gets called with this with, uh, you know, with scouts, you know, big time scouts in the crowd. But I think he's really enjoying this this OTFR season. And I think that these guys, despite all their squawking about, you know, not, you know, boycotting the season, I think that they think that they, they're they up to big things. I think they all believe that they can finish in Champions League. On More on OTFR, guys. VAR, OTFR's dreaded enemy, their worst enemy, back in the news for this one. Inzaghi not happy with the refs. VAR, the new Star Wars movie, he's just not having a good week. I have expected him to comment on the Pat Steelers game finish with that TD that was not allowed after video review because he just hates VAR. <laughs> he didn't see him in the post game. He was wearing a Le'Veon Bell jersey. He got tossed in the OTFR Atalanta game for complaining, stating no one was bored after this one. And he wasn't the only one complaining. Luis Alberto for OTFR about his own team saying, if you get three goals at home, you got to win. Basically calling out his defense, giving up three goals. So not pleasant... Happy campers in OTFR. I saw that guy's interview, and he sounded like he needs to he, he needs some speaking lessons or something. <laughs> I'm gonna like go all ahead. of us here at Curve America. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to join the pod. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to go ahead and use that calling out of his team as support for my argument that OTFR is really enjoying the season and hoping to win big things. He just expects that. He expects more. Yeah. He expects more. We're not calling out his defense. Just knows that they can do better. <laughs> last thing I, I want to... they got DeVry. He's serious about success. <laughs> the last thing I want to mention, guys, is the ref story that Tad brought up last week, which is continues to be my favorite. 
all the OTFR fans went on TripAdvisor to the ref's uh, cafe that he used to own. Apparently, there's got some legs to this story, and uh, uh, the Federation is actually going to question whether this guy is a Roma fan. Uh, so the <laughs> OTFR oh, yeah, they fans. Oh, yeah, they saw there's a picture of Toti on his... Uh, uh, on his fake oh, Facebook what, page. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah. Wouldn't that be awesome if he if he if he crashed and burned an OTFR game because he's a Romanista? It's uh, you, you, not good for the league, but a I, funny story for Romanista I'd for do sure. It. Actually, that might be my next career move. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna infiltrate everything. I mean, yeah, I'm gonna infiltrate the, the 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 ranks of referees in in Italian Serie A soccer. Well, actually, I'm gonna work my way up from like Serie D mm. and like you know get that occasional Copa Italia game. Really show my worth. As a ref, do a lot of studying, get peak physical condition, change my last name to Abranzani, um, Tommaso Branzani, or Tedda Branzani, if you'd <laughs> prefer. Um, and I'm going to get in there and just at the right time, I'm going to just use, I'm going to bring in VAR, crash the game, rip off my referee's jersey, and it's going to be a Roma jersey 10 on the back with VAR. On the other side of the ball here, guys, Atalanta, we've got Gasparini saying all the favorite things right where Atalanta wants to be. I still have trouble believing that one. I have a question for you guys. Week 18 for Atalanta is Milan. Who do you guys think is more excited for this one? Milan, probably looking at this saying, well, Atalanta draws a lot. Or Atalanta, Milan continues to be a dumpster fire. Maybe we get a win in that one. Who do you think, who's more excited about this game? I got Atalanta for this one. I think that they uh, they just they're on a hot streak, and Milan's just a, a dumpster fire. Oh yeah, I'm pretty sure that Atalanta is mailing like high fiber cereal to Milan players the mail to get them ready for a good old fashioned culo blasting. I'm gonna wake the Benevento witches, guys. I'm gonna call it now. Barisha diving header, 95th minute, Atalanta. We got a couple Cananieri race between the goalkeepers. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not very brave. That's like the most obvious thing that's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. That finishes off the top five games. We'll take a quick break and then jump into the final games of week 17. Starting off the second half of Week 17 is Sampdoria Sassuolo. This one finished 0-1. You're hearing this right. Sassuolo wins this one. The double ex-Cinderella, earning an unexpected three points from Serie A. New Cinderella, Sampdoria. Marco, what do you got here? Yeah, goal in the second half from substitute Alessandro Matri. 91st minute. Can you believe that, guys? It's unbelievable. Sassuolo. Seem to have turned around their misfortunes for a little bit here. Sampdoria needs to be beaten teams like Sassuolo. It's just, there's nothing more that you can say about that. And with the attack that they have with, you know, Quags and Duvan and Gasson Ramirez, Caprari coming off the bench, you'd think that they have the quality to put like teams like this away. It's, it's, uh, it's a, a bit of a head-scratcher, but then again, you know, this is kind of how teams like Sampdoria are. They don't have that consistency that you would need to get into the higher tiers of Serie A. Midnight happens for Cinderella's, huh? <laughs> I think, I think uh, Sampdoria right now is just team bad posture, man. They're just in a slump. 
Like they need, they, they, they have no answers. Um, you know, this is a team, this game is played six weeks ago. They would just house Sassuolo. And I just think like, you know, they might for a little while be like, Hey, maybe we're not as good as we thought they were. Maybe we need Schick. Maybe we need Luis Muriel. Maybe we need Skriniar. Um, maybe we don't have enough. And I think it's up to jump, um, Giampiero right now to just calm everybody down, be like, hey, look, we got a game in hand. We still have a few points on this thing. Let's just focus on this next game. Let's pull a bill of check. Let's get three points on this next one against Napoli. <laughs> and everything will be okay. Yeah, it's going to be tough for them. Napoli ain't that good. Come on, man. It ain't that good. Yeah. It's going to be real tough for them. Guys, again, Milan and Napoli kind of on their heels here with even though they have that game in hand there it is against roma but guys you got to love the depth in city out this season i keep saying it week in week out um or at least the weeks that i'm here <laughs> sassuolo attack for this game politano he missed the pk uh falcinelli the dirty rooster and berardi Mar- uh, matri comes off the bench and he's he's a seasoned warrior in city A. Scores in the last uh, couple seconds. But, th- guys, this is a Sassuolo team that we all have been saying is trash. Look at this attack. You know? Politano, Falcinelli, and ba- Berardi. These are these are players that can hurt you. Well, I don't think we were saying they're trash. I, th- I said they're, they're, they're team bad posture. They're, they're in a little bit of a slump. Yeah, well, no, this is Sampdoria, but I'm talking about Sassuolo. Yeah. You know, they should pick up DeVry in the January transfer window so they can get serious about success. Yeah. I think they already are with this win. I think you got to give credit to Jack Keeney, new on the bench, rocking that baseball hat, <laughs> available wherever baseball hats are sold in Italy. Hey, man, those boils are not going to cover themselves. I guess so. But uh seems to be doing a bit of a turnaround here for Sassuolo. He's had a couple good... Uh, um, games in the past few weeks here. Big props to Acerbi, who uh, plays 100 games in Serie A here. He had some health 100 issues. 100 consecutively. 100 consecutive games, and he had some uh, some health issues uh, a couple years back. So uh, hats off to him. Sassuolo, big win. Still pulling for Sampdoria, though. They're the Cinderella's this year. All right. Well, yeah, we've got Sampdoria still in sixth place there with a little bit of a comfortable lead over Atalanta. Three points. And then Sassuolo out of the danger zone with 17 points, and they are in 15th place right above the Mighty Croutons. Up next, guys, we've got Milan and Hellas Verona. Good God. Poveri Milanisti. This one finished 3-0 in Hellas Verona's favor. The plane has crashed into the mountain. Milan lose 3-0 to Verona, who they beat 3-0 earlier in the week. Good point there, Tad. <laughs> Elas, Elas, eh, eh, Elas, Elas. I don't think I could work umbrella in there. No. Hold hold on a second. No, no. Umbrella. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Guys, this game, unbelievable. Milan thrash Elas midweek. Patrick Crotone scores a goal. Not Patrick Crotone. Patrick Crotone. They should have loaned him there. That would have been another great Christmas gift. I'll throw that on the pile. Um, yeah, I mean, just, just losing 3-0 to Elas, who's just been trash this season at just the worst possible time for Milan. These guys, what a week. What a week. I mean, UEFA reject their uh, voluntary agreement to try and void FFP. That's, that sucks. You know, that, that, that it seems like there's going to be a huge uphill battle. You know, there's all sorts of... Sharks lurking in the water. Maybe an Arab consortium is going to come in and try and buy them. I don't know. 
maybe Diddy and Steph Curry are going to come in and and uh, uh, and buy the Milan team. That would be cool if they did that. Although I think actually, the person to buy Milan would be Kobe Bryant. He's got free time on his hands. He's a Milanista, boatloads of cash. Just the only bad thing is no one be able to wear eight or twenty four on the on the Milan team. But yeah, I mean that's that's what starts off their week. Apparently, they need to pay three hundred three million dollars owed to the Elliott Group by uh, by my birthday in October next year, which ain't gonna happen. Um, and then just running the problems with Donnarumma. Donnarumma, this this saga, man. I mean, just like why did this need to come back? Mm-mm. Donnarumma. Apparently, his agent or his lawyers or whatever are no, trying to get him out of the. Uh, it's his agent, everyone's favorite agent, Mino Raliola. Raiola. Uh, yeah, evil Scott Boris. Yeah, right. Yeah, evil Scott Boris. Um, you know, citing moral violence, which is just hashtag the most Italian way ever of saying duress. <laughs> and then you know the uh, uh, the Milan fans just blow up and and uh, you know, reduce uh, uh, Donnarumma to tears in their Copa Italia game with banners and jeers and whatnot. I mean, what, what do you guys make of this? I, yeah, I mean, look, that's what agents do. They stir the pot. And uh, I would say as an eight, like if I were anyone's agent for a Milan, Milan player, your pay, payroll is going to clear, right? That's, uh, that would be uh, one of my concerns for this team because they do have money problems. I think with all the drama between the fans and uh, and Donnarumma, though, look, you're an adult, man. Like, don't hide behind your agent in this one. If you don't want to be sold, come out and say it because this has gone back and forth twice now. You have to say, Milan's my team, my childhood team. I want to be here or don't. And then everyone should take Mino Raiola's word because, look, this is just business then. This isn't about your dedication to Milan. Are you asking the uh, global soccer market to be straightforward on their intentions? I would ask Donnarumma <laughs> to because uh, if you grew up as a Milan fan, look, man, you you understand what these fans are going through. Either come out and say it or don't. And, and no matter what you decide, everyone will understand where you stand. Maybe he takes a page out of Icardi's book. You know, he's got a little bit of beef with the fans, and he uh, he's, new new book deal coming. That's right. He uses that <laughs> to fuel his uh, his internal anger, and and uh, carries the team all the way to Champions League, and not in spite of Roma, obviously. <laughs> just uh, maybe takes Juve out of the equation. But yeah. anyways, it's just uh, it's it's a shame. Really, I, I think if you if you guys were willing to maybe become con artists, we would be able to buy Milan at some point. It's true. I'm I'm really curious to see how this whole thing plays out because uh, I just I'm not very optimistic about the whole thing. Well, he's a 19 year old kid, so we can give him a pass at that. You know, he he hired the biggest shark agent in all of soccer. My favorite thing about the banner though is calling out that he makes six million dollars a year, like. Can't you be happy? And then that we signed your parasite brother to this team. And if I was Donnarumma's brother, I'd be like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. What was I supposed to say no to a million bucks? Man, leave me out of this one, man. I mean, I'm, I'm down here swatting shots from Primavera. I'm, I'm the hot-ish on the Primavera training ground, even though I'm 31 years old. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, with Donnarumma on this one. But I predict that um, he doesn't stay at Milan forever. I think that they need to start winning and winning fast to keep him. But the best, <laughs> the best. Oh, also he had an own goal in this game, which whew, you you couldn't write that better. Donnarumma, bad week, own goal. But the best is Gattuso, guys. Gattuso is fast becoming my favorite person in the Serie A. This guy is bat-ish. 
straight bat-ish. We got Odo, we got Miha, and Gattuso's like, hold my Prosecco. Gattuso says, they ask him, what are you going to do about the team? He says, I'm not Padre Pio, hashtag most Italian thing ever. Um, puts the team in retirement or in, 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 on a break and cancels Christmas. Meanwhile, threatening to resign. Christmas is canceled. It doesn't get much better than that for a storyline, guys. Nothing's better than when he headbutted Tottenham's assistant coach uh, during the Champions League game. <laughs> this I mean, guy is a fiery guy. Yeah, I mean, if if uh, 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 if he was on like uh, People Twenty Things You Don't Know About Me, like, what's your favorite food? He'd probably be like broken glass. Um, no, I mean, I just wonder how that 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 canceling Christmas went over with the PR team. Seriously, yeah. Uh, Guys, you're already kind of a laughing stopping in Europe because of all of the uh, the stories. But uh, how is this going to look? That we're a week before Christmas, we're going to say no Christmas, no Christmas. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it didn't hit anybody harder than Donnarumma and Cutrone, who already were in their onesie pajamas, you know, pretending to go to sleep, expecting Santa Claus um, to be there in the morning. Because I both think I think they're both young enough to still believe in Santa Claus. But yeah, man. <laughs> You got it. The jo- the easy joke is uh, they just can't afford it. Although, <laughs> how many, how many players on Milan team is giving Bonucci a uh, a, a Belotti jersey? Not many. I don't know <laughs> if they can afford it. <laughs> All right. So Milan, so sorry for the Milanisti because we understand you love your club, but it's a dumpster fire. It continues to be. Well, cons- going back on the Atalanta thing too is like I said, Kulo blasting coming. Because Suso picks up a red card in this game, he ain't playing, and Romagnoli ain't playing. We will see this weekend for Atalanta and Milan. Moving on, guys, we've got Fiorentina and Genoa. This one finished with a thrilling 0-0 draw. The Garden State of Genoa arrives in Tuscany and get a point from La Viola. Fiorentina dominated this one, but just couldn't finish. Both coaches happy with the point, which is a little perplexing, at least from Fiorentina's perspective, and definitely Pioli's. Because he's just saying he's happy with this, but Fiorentina, I still think they should be doing better this season. No goals to discuss, so really it's just interesting storylines to mention. Giovanni Simeone's former team, he comes back to Florence here and has chances but doesn't score. And then our, at least my, favorite uh, new Serie A player in Giuseppe Rossi, still not dressing for this one, though it appears that the paperwork is moving forward and it'll be available in the coming weeks. I saw today he might be available for the uh, Genoa-Juve um, game in a couple weeks. But he was a former Fiorentia player as well, and he's back in town uh, in Florence. So seemed like a warm reception on social media. I don't know what the takeaway is, but a lot of former players coming back to Fiorentina with a warm reception. I still remember that game he had against Juventus a couple seasons back where he tore it up again with when he was with Fiorentina. Yeah. He'll forever be the boy next door to Chris. That's right. Just down the road on Route 3. Forza Pabito. What, what's, what's the address? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's just whatever uh, exit it is on the, on the turnpike. That's all that matters. Up next, guys, is Crotone and Kievo. This one finished 1-0. Crouton Nation hyped after a crucial three points against a mid-table flying donkey team still celebrating a point earned against Roma. Marco, go ahead. My takeaways for this one are Sorrentino, the fossil man, another man of the match performance, and he is having a hell of a time right now. Five saves in this one. Uh, I, he must be feeling the Christmas spirit. He's put in two massive performances in a row. Still couldn't get it done. Crouton Nation, man. 
All of Serie A should be Crouton fans for this week on, weekend coming up. They got that hot 1-0 win against Cable, and now they play OTFR, a, a deflated OTFR, but they're still sitting uncomfortably one point above relegation zone. How does that make you feel, Chris? It makes me nervous now that our, our master of uh, surviving the table, Davide Nicola, is no longer on the bench. I'm nervous for Crouton Nation. I was very comfortable a few weeks ago, but... God, it's getting close again. Crotone, man. God, showing Roma how to do it. Yeah, seriously. Honestly, what I was thinking before, if 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 Milan is serious about getting rid of Gattuso, Davide Nicola, man, kept him up on the last day. How epic would that be if Davide Nicola gets Milan in like champions or, or Europa spot on the last day? Yeah, yeah. Hold Cr- on a second. Let's get this alarm clock going because Chris is dreaming. Yes, Crotone fans dare to dream. All right. Boop, 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 boop. Finishing up, it is Richard Whittle's The Danger Zone. Richard um. Whittle is my spirit animal. All right. We finish off with Benevento and Spall in the Toilet Bowl game. This is 2-1 in Spall's favor. Spall finally get three points after missing week after week. Tad, what do you got? Spall, man. This this game was great. You've got to love Spall versus Benevento in a 2-1 game. Because, you know... Years Riveting. Past, well, years past might be a 0-0 draw. That's right. you got three goals. It's better than uh, Fiorentina Genoa. And three goals for Benevento. And, you know, Spall came back and won this game. But big takeaways for this one, guys. Spall gets a brace from the 36-year-old striker. And that man's name is not Marco Borriello. <laughs> it is it is Wario Marco Borriello Flocari, who I just got to say is, if you look and get lost into the dreamy eyes of Marco Borriello as he brings you down into the pit of naked, men, writhing men, women, and uh, Benevento witches, I think Flocari looks in the mirror and the mirror breaks. <laughs> Flocari. All right, Chief <laughs> Pronunciator back. In the danger zone with a dangerous pronunciation there. XOTFR rat. Yeah. Well, good job. Thank you, Marco. Um, but Spall, guys, out of the danger zone for the first time this year. Happy Hooray! about that. Golf and clap. Doing it in the puffy shirt version, uh, Seinfeld's puffy shirt in this, their 110-year jersey, which I got to be honest, I wouldn't be upset if that was under the Christmas tree. Pretty nice. So Spall making a hard claim to the hashtag race for 17th standing right on top of it. And then my last thing is Benevento gets worse. I read a report this t- today that Amato Cicciaretti looks like it's all but done that he's going to Napoli. Yeah. Smart move for him. Uh, poor, poor Benevento 40 goals against nine, four. <laughs> mm. All right, guys, welcome back, Marco week 17 in the books. We're looking forward to Christmas. We are looking forward to week 18 Obviously, we're looking forward to Roma-Juventus on Saturday. For all the Serie A fans out there, we hope you enjoy the games. Have a great Christmas. Happy holidays to everyone celebrating out there. Until next week, ragazzi, di shamo. Oh, oh, this this one. I'm going to do it good this time. Arrivederci. Bravo. Ciao. Ciao. Arrivederci. Ciao. ciao. Buon Natale.